0: Wasn't the worship awesome tonight? Come on, let's give the worship team a clap offering. They did so well, loved it. Are you happy to be here tonight? You ready for the Lord to speak a little bit more into our lives? And you know, I love the the saying, iron sharpens iron. Who's heard that saying before? It's just good that we need to be sharpened in our walk with Jesus. There are so many different voices, and uh, it's good that we, we can hear from different avenues, different things that how God would speak and minister to us. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. You ought to know this off by heart, but if you don't, I'll teach it to you. Jesus is speaking. Somebody say, Jesus. How many of you agree Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Hebrews 13.8 says that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's never changed. I need an amen there. He's never changed. So Jesus, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, speaks to his disciples in the Bible time, and the word disciple means to be a follower of Christ. So tonight, Jesus is speaking to us. Can you say Amen. Really, do you mean that? Not just parrot fashion, amen. Do you you believe and agree? He's speaking to us tonight. So what does he say? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the commandment is to go, and then we are to make disciples of all the nations. We are to baptize them, in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you don't take a baby and baptize a baby because he's not a disciple. A baby cannot be a disciple. Somebody say, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A baby first got to grow up and understand who Jesus is and, and what Jesus had done for him. Can you say amen? they got to know between right and wrong. And then that baby now becomes a child of God, and then you can baptize him. Amen. You only get baptized after salvation. Somebody said, why did you say that? I don't know. Somebody must have heard that tonight. Because if you say, I'm a child of God, and I've been in church, and I was, I was, I was baptized as a baby, well, that's good and all, but that's man's tradition, we're looking at what Jesus said. And Jesus said that first become a disciple, and then be water baptized. Hello. And then what do we do? Verse 20 says, teaching them, who's the them? The disciples. Teach the disciples to observe all things that I have commanded you. Is that what the word says? Commanded. He didn't say ask. He didn't say if you choose to. Jesus said it's teach them what I have commanded you. And then he says, lo, I am with you, Always, even to the end of the age. So what is the commandment here? What is the Lord saying? He says, first of all, make disciples. Well, how do you make a disciple? Well, you get somebody saved. Once you get them saved, now you train them and teach them. What do you train and teach them? The things Jesus commanded us. Right? That's what it says. Teach them what I've commanded you. So let's first look at the word disciple and then let's look at what Jesus commanded us as disciples because we are to go and and win souls for Jesus. But the reason we're not winning souls for Jesus is because of the confrontation that we have because the people out there don't want to hear the commandments of Jesus. So we first got to make disciples of ourselves in here and understand what is the will of God so that then we can go out and make disciples there. So I'm, I'm taking it from another point of view tonight. What is a disciple? That's us. Amen? If you want me to get all fancy, I can say that the Hebrew word for disciple is methodist, methodus, methodus, something like that. So, wow, I got the, also got a concordance. And look at that there. It means a learner, a, a pupil, a disciple. Another word for disciple, a follower of Christ. How many of you follow Jesus? How many of you believe in Jesus? How many of you believe in the teachings of Jesus? Come on, that's a disciple. That's who you are. So, let's go like this. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's reading the Bible. I'm not making stuff up. I'm reading the Word. And by the way, I'm reading from the New King James. So, verse 24 A disciple, number one, is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. So Jesus is referred to as teacher. Who can say amen? He's my Lord. He's my King. He's my Master. He's my Savior. Yes, he's my friend, but he's first my God before he's my friend. He's first my, 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 my king before he's my friend. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on. He, he's my leader. He's my authority. When, when I spoke last night and, and we were taught this prayer, the Lord's prayer, and the first thing the Lord said is that we need to hallow his name, you know, make his name holy. And then he said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if God's kingdom needs to come on earth, then Jesus Christ, who is the king up in heaven, he is the king on earth. And because he's the king on earth, we need to submit under his lordship, his kingship. We don't submit under a man's authority. We submit under the king's authority. Now, when do we submit under man's authority? When man preaches the word. Well, that went down good. Isn't that so? Because this is we have the Bible, and so we read the Bible and we gather our information from the Word, and then we teach the word, and we submit ourselves to the Word. I said, we submit ourselves to the Word, because it's God's word. It's His will and testament. I need an amen if you agree. So Jesus is saying, because I'm reading his word, which was recorded years ago when, when his disciples wrote down what he said. Jesus said that a disciple is not above his teacher, yet many disciples are putting themselves above their teacher. Jesus said, go and make disciples. We refuse to make disciples. Jesus says, pray. We refuse to pray. Jesus says, give. We refuse to give. And so the list goes on. Are you getting this? What are you doing, there? Tonight I'm teaching you on what is a a disciple supposed to be and supposed to look like. What is your function and my function as a Christian? Then he says, it is enough for a disciple. Listen to this. It's enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher. I like that one. A disciple must be like... His teacher, who is our teacher? What's he saying? We are to be like Jesus. Amen. Yesterday, I just just quickly brushed and touched the word Christian. The word Christian means to be like Christ. Now, he says this. He says a disciple, it's enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. Right? Right? I'm not like the world. I'm not like some institute's uh, thinking or some, some denomination's way of moving or acting. I am to be like Jesus. Why? I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not a follower of a movement. I'm not a follower of a denomination. I'm not a follower of a man. I'm a follower of Christ. Lots of people don't want to hear that. And when I become a follower of Christ, He gives me certain commandments. He gives me guidelines. He gives me rules. And if I am a servant and He is my King, I am to obey His rules. I was getting quiet in here. Am I speaking the truth? Who must I obey? The Jesus, our King. His rules apply. Not somebody else's rules. His will. Now watch this. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household also? In other words, they said to Jesus, you're the devil. Well, why did they say to Jesus, he's the devil? Because he he stood for, for certain principles. Hello. He did certain things. Now, if you and I are a true follower of Christ and we follow the rules and the regulations of Jesus, then Jesus says, well, if they called me of the devil or said I'm the devil, then prepare yourself because people will say you're of the devil. Well, that went down good. Am I reading the Word? You can't get mad at me. I'm just reading the Bible. Oh, what did I do yesterday? If you like what I'm saying, say, "Mm mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> you still okay? Therefore, verse 26, do not fear them. Oh, do not fear who? The ones who will accuse you, the ones who will point finger at you, the ones who will mock you, the one who will laugh at you the one who will speak behind your back and stab you with knives and say that you're a Jesus freak and you're an extremist and you're going too far with this Christianity thing. Jesus said, do not fear them. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what? Man. Don't fear man. Fear God. When last did you heard a sermon like this? For there is nothing covered... Watch this now. There is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. What does that mean? Well, there's a few ways we can look at it, but you know what? Anything that is done in secret is one day going to come to the front. And everything that has been done, you know, behind closed doors is going to be exposed one day. Wow. Verse 27, Jesus speaking again, right? Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak it in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, preach it on the housetops. In other words, don't take your Christianity and like I said yesterday, be an undercover agent for Jesus and hide away who you are, but you're actually to stand up and speak what the Word says. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. There's a book I would love to recommend. You know, I'm not a book reader. Honestly, I, I, I read the Bible and I'm quite happy with that. But uh, there's, a, there's a book that I've read And when I say I don't read books much, it's true, you can ask my wife, but I got hold of a book and I read it, and I finished the whole book in three days. For me, that's like a record. And the book is written by a Chinese guy called Brother Yang, Y-U-N. The book cover is blue, and it's called The Heavenly Man. The book's name is called The Heavenly Man. And I never make a recommendation ever. You've, this is the first time in all these years that I preach here that I'll make a recommendation. I want to recommend to you read the book The Heavenly Man by Brother Young. Who's read that book? Who's seen that book? How, how many of you would agree that when I got to page four, I repented ten times already? <laughs> uh, is, is that true? Every chapter I would read, I just look at this and I and I would see what this guy was going through. His persecution. His life. It's a life story. It's it's brilliant. If you want to ever get ignited for evangelism, then go and read that book. And I thought I was doing quite a lot in my life. And every time I read this man's life story, I'm saying, Lord, I'm just doing absolutely nothing for your kingdom. Please, download it from the internet if you can, wherever you get hold of it. It's just a powerful book. So he says, fear... But rather fear God, who is able to destroy both your soul and your body in hell. And then he goes and he says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. What does God say there? He says, don't worry about what man can do or say against you. Fear God, because God will protect you and he'll take care of you. You know, seeing that you're my home church, and hopefully I can say that we are part of the family here. And hopefully you've accepted me. Those of you sitting here on a Monday night, you must have accepted me to come and listen to me preach. But I tell you a little bit of our life story, Shemaine and I. The persecution that we have gone through because of the way I preach and the things that I stand for, you cannot believe. The death threats that we have received... Via the internet, telephone calls, obscene phone calls, wanting to kill us, wanting to do stuff with us, uh, 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 you know, um, <laughs> the list goes on and on and on. And, and if I had to listen to the, to the threats of people against my life for what I preach and what I believe and stand for, I would have let go of the ministry many, many years ago, many years ago. But you know what? I don't fear man. In actual fact, when these threats come my way and when people begin to to challenge me and go against me, I just preach harder. I really do. I just say, devil, you're so stupid. You wanna you wanna try and stop me from speaking the truth? I'll preach harder and I'll go longer. And I'll be louder. I'll shout it from the rooftops. I'll speak it out. I'm not ashamed of my Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the Bible. I'm not ashamed of the Word. See, when persecution comes, people tend to, to go back and say, well, you know, let's, let's calm down the situation and let's not, let's not bring confrontation. That, that's exactly what the devil wants. When you do that, he says, good, I've got you in the corner. The devil's a liar. You know, I've said it before, especially when up fin- financially, when it goes tough financially for Shemaine and I, and the devil says, oh yeah, really? You, you're this preacher of finances, you know, and where's your God and why is it not? You know what? I just give a double check the next month. I'll just give more. Just to say, devil, you're a big fat liar. You're a liar. Come on, I said the devil's a liar. How many of you agree? He's a liar. He's a liar. He will always be a liar. He's the father of lies. I've had ministers come against me. Ministers who have spoken out against Shemaine and I and the ministry that we've had. And do you know, and I'm saying this very carefully, because God says very carefully, He says, do not touch God's anointed. Don't touch the anointed men of God. Six ministers who have spoken out against us are dead and buried underground right now. Dead. Don't touch God's anointed. I hello. God before me, who can be against me? And I want to encourage all of you sitting here tonight that you are a disciple of Christ. Do not compromise the word. Stand and be who you are, a Christian. Be like Jesus. If they say to Jesus, you're the devil, he's, they're going to say to you, you're the devil. They're going to accuse you by saying you are taking this thing too far. And Your greatest persecution comes from your family as well. I'll say it again. Your greatest persecution is going to come from your family. Your home family and then your church family, number two. Your church family are the ones that will come against you the most. You know why? Because of jealousy. And they are jealous because you're doing something for God's kingdom and they are not. And because they are not doing something, they'll find fault for what you are doing for His kingdom. And they will judge you. I'm talking about 27 years of experience right now. Bless the Lord. Who's hungry for Jesus? I'm teaching you. What am I teaching you? I'm teaching you what it means to be a disciple. Jesus says verse 34. Come on, let's read the word. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. (laughs) What? Why Jesus said it, not me. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Didn't I just say that now before? He who loves father or mother more than me Is not worthy of me. Did I say that or did Jesus say it tonight? Help me. Jesus is speaking, not me. I'm just reading it. Verse 38 He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Uh oh. Mr. and Mrs. Disciple? You're not worthy of Jesus if you're not willing to bear the cross. You're not worthy of Jesus if you're not willing to go all the way. Pay a price. I'm not talking about a sugar-coated, you know, uh, soft-serving church service. I'm talking about people who are dedicated to Christ. To go out for Him all the way. He who finds his life, uh uh-oh, will lose his life. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. What does that mean? Well, it's like I always say, people stand with one foot in the church and they stand with one foot in the world and they want both sides. I want... I want Jesus and His love and His mercy, but I want to gamble and I want to play the lotto and, I, and I, I want Jesus and the Holy Ghost, but I want to drink the wine and the beer and I want to get drunk on this side, but I want to get drunk in the church as well. Hello, somebody. I, 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 I want to have the love of Jesus and the love of a family here, but this side I'm going to get mad and unforgiveness and hatred towards people. You you can't have that. When I become a Christian, I'm going to lose this life that is pleasurable and full of the worldly stuff. I'm going to lose that and I'm going to take the life of Jesus Christ. And one day I'm going to earn eternal life and be with Him forever and ever in heaven. That's the price I'm going to pay for losing my life but gaining eternity with Him. But you cannot have both sides. I said, you cannot have both sides. Yet, we are being taught it's okay. No, it's not okay. Either you're for Him or you're against Him. Either you are hot or you are cold. Either it is white or it is black. There is no gray area with Jesus. Am I speaking the truth? Somebody says, why are you saying this? Because I said to you on Sunday morning, revival is needed in the church. Salvation is needed out there. But why are they not getting salvation out there? Because we in here are living a compromised life and we're not dedicated to Christ. We say we are by words, but not in deed. The Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. What fruit are you bearing, Mr. and Mrs. Christian? He who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. And he who receives a prophet in the name of a proper prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Well, that sounds like a good deal to me. If you will receive me, you will receive a prophet's reward. Boy. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Let's go back to verse 16. Verse 16. You are there. Chapter 10, verse 16. Turn to your and say it again. Say he's reading the Bible. I told you this before, I don't know if you remember, but I'll say it again. One pastor rebuked me one day. He said, you read too much scripture in, the, in church. He said, you read too many verses. Really, he said that. And I said, uh, I said so is, there, is that wrong? He said, yes, you must only take one verse and then preach on that whole verse. Said said, well, most people in church don't read the Bible, so I might as well read it for them in church. Right? 'Cause I always find it amazing when I read this, like now I see some of your faces, you're like, whoa. That tells me you don't read your Bible. <laughs> Hello? Don't get mad at me, it's just the truth. You you, you don't read it. That's why this is like a revelation. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. So I'm not a I'm not this extremist preacher. I'm teaching you the words of Jesus, who is your king and my king, who is your master and my master. Isn't that so? We are servants of him. So I'm just reading what he tells you. He's not telling me that. He's telling us that. Right? Verse 16. Look what Jesus says. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Uh Uh-oh. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, as doves. but be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. What does scourging mean? Well, you know, Jesus will scourge. They will beat you up. They'll, they'll mistreat you. I said yesterday the only scourging, the only persecution you uh, get here in Australia mainly is persecution of words. Hello, somebody. Thank God we're not being beaten with rods and boiled alive in streets like in India. Who knows that? Do you know there are still people being boiled alive in oil? Ministers of the gospel, Christians who are being filleted alive, crucified upside down, slid open. Parents watching their children being crucified saying, deny Jesus or your child will die. And the child will say, mommy, daddy, don't deny Jesus. It's okay. And they kill their children. What do we understand about persecution in this country? What the media says. But I'm telling you, friend, be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm encouraging you, disciples. Let's be disciples. Get ready. Prepare yourself. He says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given to you in that hour that you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Oh, I love that. Now brother will deliver a brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Wow, that sounds like the Western church to me. Nobody's hearing me. That sounds like the church today where parents are too afraid to bring correction to their children because their children sue them. Oh, don't go there, brother. Where the government protects unrighteousness more than it will protect righteousness. That's not just Australia. That's the whole world. And you see, when when, when, when a public meeting like this tonight, as I am preaching to you the Scripture... There's going to come a time, I'm not prophesying, I'm telling you that in Australia and America and South Africa, there is going to come a time when we will not be allowed to preach this word like I'm doing tonight. We will be thrown into jail, Pastor James. I'll start a cell ministry. (laughs) Hello, think about this. Think about this. Somebody said, it'll never happen in this country. Really? Look what, Look how this country has changed in the last 20 years. Think how the world has changed in the last 10 years. Am I speaking the truth? You say, but Dion, you're making me scared. No, why? It's exciting times that we're living in. You say, how can this be exciting? Because the more persecution we come, the greater the anointing of God will be on the chosen ones and the more souls we will see come in, and the more miracles and signs and wonders they will be evident. It will be a display of the glory of our God. Hallelujah. Come on, get ready for the move. I'm so excited about this. But somebody's got to have the guts to warn you before time. I'm warning you before time. Do not compromise, and don't give up, child of God. Hello, no mamsie pamsy Christianity. I'm going to say it again. No mamsy-pamsy compromising, sissy-wissy Christian stuff. You're going to be brave and tough and stand up and man up and be who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. Jesus Christ is my King. He's my Savior. And I follow Him all the way to the grave. Amen. Who agrees with that? Hmm. Brother will deliver a brother to death, and a father, his child, a, a, a father, his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you uh-oh, will be hated by all for my name's sake. Again, not a popularity Christianity. Hello, you're not, you don't become popular when you become a Christian. You will be hated for the name of Jesus. You'll be hated. How many of you got foul stuff when you put on the internet something about this this gay thing and you said vote no and people started criticizing you and mocking you and hating you. Isn't that so? It's amazing. I just sit back and I laugh. Christians who put down stuff like that, negative stuff, clearly they don't read the Bible. You will be hated for all by my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Oh, thank goodness. He who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in the city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the city of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming. And let's be encouraged by that. Who can say amen? Jesus is coming. John chapter 14, I'm teaching the word disciple here. What what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Go to John chapter 14. Let's read verse 15. Please, I know I'm irritating you, but tell your neighbor he's reading the Bible again. Say he's reading the words of Jesus. Is that true? How do I know? Because the words are read in my Bible. So Jesus is speaking, and Jesus says, verse 15, If you love me, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Wow. If you love me, keep my commandments. A new commandment I give unto you, says the Lord. That you will love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, you have love one for another. Very beautiful. But if you go and study the word love, you know, the favorite scripture. Let's do it. I feel led by God. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The love chapter. 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse (laughs) 1. Verse 1 says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Some people say, ah, it goes to show you this tongue stuff is of the devil. There's no love in that. They like to use that. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. People come against the the faith movement. They come against the gifts of the Spirit, you know, because of this. They say you don't have love. You're just doing all the stuff. Well, let's read on. And though I bestow All my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt, that was quite the fashion in those days for a Christian to go and be burnt for the sake of Jesus. Really, it was a a statement they did there. Paul says, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So, here is love. Here is love. What does love do? Number one, love suffers long. Love suffers Long and is kind. So I find it amazing how many people on the internet who call themselves Christians have kind words to other people. But how easy it is to judge and to criticize. I'm getting no amens here. Huh? What are you doing, Dion? Well, I'm trying to show you something tonight. Love is one of the most hardest things to do and to follow. We've made love so watered down and so easy, yet it is one of the most hardest things to do. You can get mad at me for making a statement, but but love love is not a show. Love is effort. Love is sacrifice. Love is ongoing. Love is long-suffering. Right? Let's read a little bit more. He says, uh, He says, uh, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Uh-oh. Wow, well, my next door neighbor got a new car. I wish I could get a new one. <laughs> love does not parade itself. I love Shemaine and I, you know, uh, we, since December, the Lord spoke to me and He said to me, you better take care of your body because I have been overeating, indulging, you Australians fatten me up real good. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm not lying. You know, the only country in the world that where we go to, when, when we come to a church and they put us in a hotel, they have these huge baskets gift basket with sweets and chocolates and cold drink and chips. And, you know, I'm much obliged to the kindness of the church, so I eat it. <laughs> right? The Bible says, Lay every, eat everything that's laid before you. So I, yes, Lord, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, so needless to say, we let go. And uh, I think those of you saw us last year and you see us this year, we kind of changed a little bit, bless God. And I've shaken off a lot of kilograms, and I'm still working at it. But anyway, long story short, we joined the gym, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the gym. I'll tell you right now. Every morning when we go to the gym, Charmaine, I would tell her, Please, can we sleep in, or can't we rest, or... Can we just skip today? And she she's on my case, you know, so thank God for my wife. But what I find amazing is I, you know, when you go into the gym, you have these guys and these ladies. They they buffed up, man. It's just muscles everywhere. And what the gym does is they've got these mirrors everywhere. It's just and it's <laughs> And I watch these guys, you know, they just. (laughs) Anybody in the gym, who knows what I'm talking about? I mean, they just in front of that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the woman, I tell you. Do you know what? I discovered something. Idolatry. That people have idolized and made their bodies a god. And they worship their bodies. True. Just worship their bodies. i got to be perfect. It's all about me, 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 me. If I spent the time on myself, if I would spend that same time in the word of God, golly, we might just change and have revival. Huh? If I spend the time in exercises, I would spend time with Jesus. You know, we would just see change come. But we idolize ourselves and we worship ourselves. And what does love say? Love says that we are to not parade ourselves and not be puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. But I watch the Christians on the internet and I watch them just be so rude especially if it doesn't go their way, right? Does n- Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked, thinks no evil, <laughs> does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. I, was, I, I took a nap this afternoon, short nap, and I woke up with these words so loud in my head and the Lord said to me, He said, when truth is being preached, justice will follow it. i still trying to figure that thing out. Justice will follow the truth being preached. Huh? This is so, love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, and love endures all things. Now, friend, I'm not supposed to, you know, Pastor James will go and teach a whole eight-week course just on that couple of verses there. But let's think about this. How tough is love? So when I stand up here and I preach what I'm preaching, people say, golly, you you whipping us again. No, I'm preaching love to you because I'm teaching the words of Jesus. And God is love. Aye. God is love. God is not rebuking you. God is not hating you. God is not just, you know, telling you how bad Christian you are. God is saying, no, I have more for you. Listen to my word, obey my word, follow my ways, and you will see the greater things of me. Who agrees with that? John chapter 14. I'm teaching you discipleship. What it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. John 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Watch this. Not only has them, but keeps them. In other words, obeys the commandments. What does he say? It is he who loves me. Can I read it again? He who has my commandments or follows my commandments, obeys my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Oh, oh Boy, I can put some people's teachings in a little bit of an awkward situation now. Because he said God loves us. Yes, He does love us. But who will He love? The one who obeys His commandments. Hello? I'll read it again because you don't seem to believe me. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's why so many people say, well, this this church Christian stuff is, you know, it's boring and it's dead. Why? Because you haven't had an experience and encounter the manifest presence of Jesus in your midst. We sing songs like, one day in your court is better than a thousand years. But they sing a song they have no clue what it means. We sing, deep cries out to deep. It sounds very religious and very spiritual, but people have never encountered the deep. We have an encounter week. We have a week of meetings like this and we say, Woo-hoo, and yet we leave sometimes without having an encounter when every day of our life should be an encounter day with Jesus Christ. I hope you still love me tonight. He who, co- he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Who loves him? The one who keeps his commandments. And he who loves me Who keeps my commandments will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I said blessed be the name of Jesus. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, Do you love him? He will keep my word. Did you get that? He will keep my word and my father will love him. And we, Jesus and the father, will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you heard or hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So this word that we're getting here is not even Jesus' word, it's God's word, Father God's word. Am I speaking the truth? Hallelujah. I have one more I want to read to you. First Thessalonians. I started there last night. I want to lay hands on you tonight. I want to ask God to break every demonic chain off of every one of us tonight so that we can get closer to Jesus. Who thinks that's a good idea? Come on, who wants to get closer to Jesus? Huh? I want to. I want nothing to stand between God and I. And I think you're the same. So 1 Timothy chapter 4. Sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 4. No, Thessalonians. Sorry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Whew. Turn to name and say, he's reading the Bible again. Somebody says, I wish I didn't come tonight. Verse 1 says, finally then, brothers, we urge you and exhort... In the Lord Jesus, that you should abound more and more. I like that. Just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please the church. Huh? I'm sorry. That you ought to please your denomination. How you ought to please the man in front preaching. No. Who are we to please? That you are to please God. I'm going to read it again. He says that you have received from us how you as a Christian, as a disciple, ought to walk and to please God. Verse 2. For you know what commandments we gave you. What commandments did we give you? How? Through the Lord Jesus. Are you ready? Ready? Verse 3, for this is the will of God. I want to read it again. This, what I'm about to read to you now, this is the will of God. Your sanctification. Somebody say sanctification. What does sanctification mean? It means to be holy, to be pure, to be righteous. Sanctification, there's another scripture, I'm not going to get into all of that, but it means it's an ongoing process. Hello. I'm to continually be sanctified. I'm continue to walk a life of holiness and purity and righteousness. Well, let's read further. He says, your sanctification. How do we do this? He says, number one, That you should abstain from sexual immorality. What did he say? Abstain. What does the word abstain mean? Who knows what it means? Stay away from this, this ugly thing. To hold, I'm reading you the the, uh, Strong's Dictionary. To hold oneself away to refrain or to abstain from sexual immorality. Let's read this word immorality. I'm giving you the the Strong's Dictionary, the explanation of this. Uh, 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 Immorality, another word for it, is fornication. This is what it means. Are you ready? Illicit sexual intercourse. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, intercourse with animals, sexual intercourse with close relatives, sexual intercourse with a divorced man or a divorced woman. Can I read more? <laughs> I just got one. Keep going, brother. <laughs> the others are just <coughs> quiet. The worship of idols. Can you imagine that? Sexual immorality, the worship of idols. Why are so many people in the gym doing all of this stuff? What's the motive behind it when they go out to the nightclub in the evening? Uh-oh. Let's move on. You're getting very, very, very quiet here. For this is the will of God, verse 3 of First Thessalonians number, chapter 4. <clears throat> this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. In other words... We as Christians, as disciples, are to take charge of our bodies, this vessel, and keep it under control. Hello? Young men and ladies, don't let, let, let the guy come and say, oh, I really love you so much. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I just, I just love you so much, you know? Jesus is coming soon. We've got to enjoy life quickly. <laughs> It's scary for the older folk that are here. I mean, I'm still young, but I'm 52. But, uh, you know, in my days, when we would court girls who remembers that word to court a girl to take them out on a date to ask their parents, Can I take your daughter out? and he would sit in front of you with a shotgun. Machete. And if he sits in front of you and he says, I want you back by nine. And when you leave the car and he, the door and he says, actually, I meant eight. <laughs> you know, and uh, there, there was a, there was a, a wonderful f- fear almost I want to use. As fear as in respect to parents. And, and to not overstep the line. When you're on a date, to have a clean visit, communication, speaking. Anybody understand that, what I'm trying to say? And, and, and that the man would run after the, the girl, but today the whole thing's turned around. It's the woman who can't leave the boys. The girls run to the men. The men just stand They do nothing. How do I know all of this? You know what my son said to me when they were younger? They said, Dad, do you know why so many young people go to church? I said, why? He said, because that's where they find the easiest girls is in church. He said, my boy said that to me. I said, what? He said, yeah. It's not a matter of serving Jesus. Oh, they do that behind the front. But the actual thing is to pick up girls, pick up boys. That's where the stuff is happening. That's the reputation the church is carrying today. I mean, just the way that we dress tells it all. See, now, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go there. Well, I'm a father. Actually, I'm a grandfather. And I will stand before you as a father tonight in in the Lord. And I'll speak to my spiritual children and tell you, listen, you're a Christian. Jesus didn't walk around in the Speedo costume. <laughs> right? Jesus, you know... <sighs> I'm not saying that we are to dress up and I say this politely at like nuns, you know, and cover everything up and but I'm saying dress appropriately. Come on, help me dress up. I have been in too many meetings where my I cannot stand what I see. Just boobs and bum. I'm glad they're laughing because they need to hear this. I mean, some girls today, you know, they get dressed. (sighs) (sighs) These tighties that they wear. Who knows what I mean by these tight pants? It is so tight, you don't even need imagination. Imagination. Ladies, I I heard you, you say, you know, it's so comfortable, it's so comfortable, that's good. But then at least wear something that covers the tightness. Love yourself and take care of what is precious to God because you are the temple of God. And walking around exposing yourself without having any thought about it. You are a stumbling block to somebody. You make men stumble. I see it. I've been in churches in this country, in my country, in America. that We have worship leaders singing. And they sing, the dresses are so short. And they say, oh Jesus. And whoops. And the men go, "Ooh, gee, Jesus!"
1: <laughs>
0: it's true. I mean, yes, a, a rapist and a guy who, who you know, he, he was this rough, whatever you want to call it, and Jesus truly saves his soul, and demons are cast out of him. You know, those unclean, perverse spirits are cast out, and he comes to church because church is holy, and church is pure, and church is good, and, and so he sits in church, and he, he loves Jesus, and he reads his Bible worship, and then you get these girls who come down... <laughs> And he's like, hallelujah, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Am I speaking the truth? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. The way some of us dress is so inappropriate. It's just wrong. When Why, why do we have to run with cloths and throw it over the girls and the men and whatever? Because we dressed not right, people fall down. Close up, guys! Don't wear a t-shirt that comes up to here and the rest of your belly is hanging down there. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> not good, right? Tuck in your shirt, hide belly, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I better stop. <laughs> Who wants revival? Let the church not be known as a place of perversity, picking up girls and having sexual immorality in the midst of Jesus' presence, hiding under the name of Jesus as our banner, but yet we live a life of, of, of perverseness. Hello, come on, somebody. We are like Jesus. We are to be pure and holy and righteous. Come on, give him praise if you agree. I'm not like the devil. I'm not like the devil. Each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Somebody say and honor. honor. What does that mean? Honor yourself. You're a precious Jew. Hello, somebody. You're precious. Don't give yourself up. Look at verse 5. Not in passion of lust. Somebody say lust. Am I teaching what is a disciple tonight? Verse 5. Don't be passionate, full of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. How many people are taking advantage of other people because of how they dress and walk and talk and behave? Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, and we also forewarned you and testify. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he rejects. Listen to what I'm reading. He rejects this. uh, Sorry, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. I reject what you're saying, brother. I object. I, I Listen, we have our human rights and, 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 and we're allowed to enjoy life and, and we can do what we want to do. Don't tell me how to live. Listen, you're not rejecting me. You are rejecting God because His Word tells us don't do it. Am I saying the truth? You are rejecting Him. Not me. When I walk out of this room... You know, what you do with your own life is your business, not mine. You're in this room right now. Now you're my business because I'm teaching you the scripture. Right? You can take it, use it, apply it, or you can take it and throw it away and say, you know, that guy. So it's not my business. My job is to teach you the word. It's my job. I'm doing it tonight. What you do afterwards, your business. But I know this, and I'll teach on it during the week. I have a teaching. And I'll, t- I'll teach you on, there are five crowns that we receive as a reward in heaven one day when we die. But the Bible does speak about that we are to work out our own salvation with much fear and trembling. I cannot work out your salvation for you. I can give you the guidelines according to the scripture. But when you walk out of here, it's you and Jesus. Not you and me. It's not you and Pastor James. It's you and Jesus. Who agrees? Now, I wish I had learned this message at your age. I wish somebody told me this. I would have been a Christian at the age of 19 or 17. I would have done so much more for the Lord's kingdom. You guys are privileged to hear this tonight. Nobody's saying amen. <laughs> Come on. Huh? How many of you wish you got saved at a young age? I wish I did. I got saved at 25. I lost 25 years of my life. Didn't know the truth. Nobody had the guts to tell me the truth. Nobody had the guts. So I end up with this. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but he called us to holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this Does not reject man, but he rejects God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Who can say amen to that? What is the Holy Spirit? He's our helper. He's our comforter. And I like to say this, he's the referee in our lives. He's the one who blows the whistle. He's the one who will say, stop. Don't look there. Don't go there. Don't do that. Stop, stop, stop. But some of us have hardened our hearts so much. And the Bible says that our consciences are seared to such a way that we cannot hear the brrrt anymore. We cannot hear the warning of the Holy Ghost anymore. We have hardened our hearts to say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'll follow the ways of the world. Who enjoyed this teaching tonight? Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you play on the piano? Are you on your own here tonight? Uh, Are you married? Come stand here, both of you, by me. I'm not a prophet. I don't call myself that, but when the gift of prophecy does come upon me, I'm going to flow with it. And I felt the Lord showed me um, tonight that you have been in labor pains. And uh, you've been in there for quite some time now, frustrated, irritated actually, because you know there's more, and you know there's more to come. But you're stuck in this, like this two walls, and you don't know what to do. But God says you're in your eighth month. So the water's about to break. And those labor pains are coming. Now, as a woman, do you have kids? No. Well, as a woman, you should know the labor pains are horrible. That's the darkest time of a pregnancy is when that, when that, contraction comes and goes and comes and goes, and you're in that process. God is telling me to tell you that that process now is coming where you're going to go in, and there's going to be hard times coming, not negative hard times, but, you know, just this, oh, come on, God. And then suddenly will come the breakthrough, and the child will be birthed. Your vision that you've been carrying inside of you will come into fruition. So the Lord says, do not worry or do not give up. Now is the time not to throw in the towel, but now is the time to push. Push. For the baby will be delivered. Father, I release your anointing upon them and ask you to fill and encourage and strengthen them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That the birthing of what they've been believing you for and holding on for will come to fruition it will come to pass not in years from now but within the next few months they will see this happen I release your blessing upon them in the name of Jesus Amen Amen the two of you I am again I'm not a prophet so If this happens, praise God. If it doesn't, then I missed it. But I just, you know, in worship tonight, I just heard this. I'm going to give it to you like I heard. Tell them, in week three and four of your trip, you're going to have an encounter with Jesus. You're going to have a... um, (laughs) I don't know if it's going to be in ministering to people, an encounter... Or God himself is going to come and speak to you. But I just know it's going to be a glorious visitation. And I believe that you even asked the Lord and said, Lord, when I go there, I want you to talk to me or do something with me. I don't know if you asked that, but I presume you did. But I just want to confirm, week three and four, somewhere in that time, something awesome is going to happen. I, I want you to send me an email or whatever and tell me this is what happened. But I just, I just hear the Lord saying, prepare yourself. Get ready for something big. Lord, I pray your anointing upon them. And I ask you, Lord, that you will do as I have spoken. And Lord, if I've missed it, I'm sorry, but I do not believe I missed it, Lord, because I know your voice. And I ask you for this heavenly visitation, this impartation right now. Whether they'll be visit, uh, ministering to people, Lord, or having an encounter with you. Which either way, it's going to be great. And I release this anointing and I speak it into existence in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of you who do not understand what just happened, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge is operating. The gift of prophecy goes with that. Bass player, where are you? Come on here, Daddy. Bring your wife with you. Come, wifey. Oh, is she in the back? Oh, she got out there real quickly. <laughs> When you were playing the guitar, I, um, the bass, I, I just suddenly saw a fire, a campfire with wooden logs, and I felt the Lord saying to me, especially in your life, the wooden locks have burned up. The flame and the fire inside of you has somewhere gone down. It hasn't died, it just gone down, but the Lord says, I'm putting new logs on the fire. And I'm rekindling the fire within you. And there will be a, there's going to be an outpouring of God's spirit in both of your lives. You need to understand this. And I don't know where you are with your walking God as in relationship as into the calling of God. But you're called to the ministry. And you are called to preach the word. Not just behind an instrument. Did you know that? You didn't know that? Well, now you know it. You said, but, 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 but God, I had other plans, no? See, now I understand it all. Thank you, Lord. Because when I got about the logs, look at this one smiling at me. <laughs> Amen, Dad. I just, yeah, I, I agree there. But uh, the Lord says in Isaiah, he says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's what he said to me. Amen. I'm getting a smile again. And so, uh, yes, we plan and think how we want things to be. But my young friend, I'm telling you now, I sense the God's anointing upon you both. And to tell you, get prepared. The ministry is calling you. And I know some of you said, you know, you said, that's not for me. But watch, right? <laughs> Just smiles all the way. Bless the Lord. Otherwise, he's... You receive this word. New fire, new logs are being packed up. The fire is going to burn higher than the previous fire. You, you, you had some distractions. But that's okay. We all go through that. I was there. My wife was there. But now God says, prepare yourself, a greater fire, a greater anointing, and the ministry. Father, I release this anointing upon them. And I ask you, Father, that you would prepare these vessels for the work that is to be done. Any obstacle that would stand in the way, Father, I bind it right now in Jesus' name. And I command the devil to not steal from this couple. In whatever way or fashion. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, if this is true what I've prophesied, then I'm asking you to bring a confirmation and open a door. Where they will get an invitation to go and minister. That'll be the sign, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. <clears throat> I believe that in these last days, when I was teaching, I, I made a statement and I said, Yes, when persecution comes, and it will come, but the anointing of God is going to be greater on our lives. Who agrees? And, and we need anointed men and women of God to bring a demonstration of the power of God. So get ready. Prepare your heart for that. Somewhere in the, in, in the week, I'm going to lay hands on you. Ask God, you know, to stir up the gifts again and to, to baptize us with His Holy Spirit. But tonight is a night of purification and sanctification. I cannot unless God would reveal to me and expose things in your life which I would never do publicly. I'll never do that. But you know, all of you sitting here listening to my voice, you know where you are with God right now. Who agrees? I I don't know your life. But you know whether there, there are things standing between you and Him. And you know there are certain things you need to just simply cut off tonight. And say, Lord... What Dion said, what your word says, I want to be a true disciple. And Lord, I want to draw closer to you. Your word says, if I will draw close to you, you will draw close to me. And I need to get rid of some stuff in my life. Is there anybody here who acknowledges what I just said? You know there's stuff you need to get rid of. If there is, stand right up now and come to the front. Come on, just be bold and just do it. Say, you know what, I I, I need to be prayed for. And I need to get rid of this stuff in my life. I don't have to think about it twice. I just, I just got to step out and get rid and repent of some things that has been standing between me and Jesus. Now let me tell those of you that are sitting back there, I, I myself can join this line up front here because I know there's things in my life that is wrong. Who is perfect in this room who does not have fault? Who is perfect? Because if you are perfect in your lifestyle with Jesus, please come and see me at the end of the service and tell me how you do that. Come, let God cleanse us. Let God heal us. Let let us go through the refiner's fire. Let this coal be squished and bring a diamond out. Let him burn away the chaff and and the the rubbish and the stuff that is is causing us to be impure before him. Let Let us make serious business with Jesus tonight. Let us say, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done, Lord. It's tough. It's tough. Lord, there are things that I I, I love doing, Lord. There are things that I'm holding on to, Lord. But I understand, Lord, if I want to go deeper with you, I need to tonight die to self. Unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it will not produce. Lord, let let us die to self tonight. This is revival. Revive my heart, Lord. Cause righteousness and holiness and purity and sanctification to begin with me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We bring a sacrifice to you tonight, Lord, our bodies. We want to present ourselves before you blameless and pure. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. That we will not be conformed to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. Lord, we need holy men and women tonight. We need men and women who will not compromise, but who will shout the word from the rooftops. Who will be a shining light in a world of darkness. Who will be a carrier of the glory of God, the Holy Spirit. This is what we need tonight, Lord. Gladstone needs it. Gladstone needs it, Lord. There's enough, there's enough flakes walking around Father we need the real deal help us Jesus help us Lord help us to be true help us not to compromise Teach us your ways, Lord. Clear our minds from the filth of the world. Boy, His presence is here. We draw near to you tonight, Jesus. We repent of our sins. We repent of our wicked ways. We surrender to you, Jesus. Lord, you said that if we would draw near to you, you will come now to us, Lord. Take out our hearts of stone. Give us hearts of flesh. Just begin to receive. He's already touching you. Just begin to surrender. Just surrender. Surrender. Let it not be from your head, but be from your heart tonight. I'm going to ask Pastor James to minister with me as we lay hands on you. Just in the name of Jesus, we're going to break every, every assignment that Satan has against your life. We're going to cut it off tonight. And as you, as you are preparing yourself before Him, the Holy Spirit will fill you again. He'll anoint you again. Some of you are going to weep. I just sense that right now. Just Weeping is a good thing. It's a cleansing, healing inside of you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Come on, talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Don't wait for us. Talk to Him. Confess. Get rid of. He's in this house, I'm telling you. His presence is strong. I see the Lord showing me. Taking out brokenness and putting gifts inside of you. I see little gift packets with ribbons on it. Bright yellow and red and blue gifts God is putting inside of you. I see it filling you in your spirit, in your heart. Like like Christmas gifts, if I could put it like that. He's smiling as He's putting this inside of you right now. And the Lord is saying, I'm not telling you what the gifts are because I'm leaving it as a surprise for them. And as they would search me, and as they would yearn for me and long for me, and as they dig, they will uncover the gift. Some of you are getting more than one. Some of you are receiving a whole bunch of presents. It's not the gifts of the Spirit. It's not what I'm talking about. This is just gifts. God is bestowing gifts upon you in your heart. Some of you are receiving it gladly. You're inquisitive. What is it, Lord? What is this gift? Search. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you will receive. Knock and it shall be opened to you, says the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Pastor James, as you are led by the Spirit, you can lay hands and just begin to pray over your people. Pastor Michelle, do you want to join Pastor James? Blessed be the name of Jesus. Pastors, Mr. Malcolm, you and your wife, will not you guys lay hands as well. Shemaine, you can come with me. I need a catcher with each minister, please, and a catcher with me. I will, got that song. Bless the Lord. Head over. Yeah, you don't know that one? Well, it just goes with that melody, huh? Hey? <laughs> it's an old hill song song. Anybody knows that song? come sing it. We can hum it. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I will not be afraid.